Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. What are we talking about today? I want to talk about um, uh, a client call. Early one morning, a female called and asked if she could see me immediately with her son. There was a crisis. And luck would have it that they live in the same city and a block away. So they were able to come right over. Um, what presented during that hour is um, a combination of things that unfold over the next 24 hours or so. Um, her son is a young adult and he lives with, because I don't know how to say all of this properly and I don't want to appear, well, I will appear ignorant, but that just means lack of, of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, he suffers or experiences life through the eyes of autism. That was a really nice wording. Yeah. Experiences life through the eyes of? Yeah. For sure. And, and through all of his senses. So, um, it, and, and he's not the first client that, um, that, that either of us have helped with autism by a long shot. There right. are many. Um, but anyway, he came because he was having what she might refer to as episodes. And in his particular cluster of episodes, and I say cluster because it's an ex it's a, a group of experiences or a group of symptoms. Yeah, it's like a sequence, mm. like where they Gee, happen that's in succession. Maybe okay. I actually, Kelly, that's really good. And and maybe there are some times where it's in succession, and at other times they all happen at the same time, and it's overwhelming. Okay. And and some are isolated. Yes. Okay. And he can go through periods where. When that occurs, it's such a challenge for him, if, particularly if it's at school or if it's five minutes before he's to get to school and his mom has to get to work and dad and, you know, whoever in the family and all this stuff. So um, this is what had occurred was a loud noise from him um, not being able to um, uh, express himself in a way that is understood by the people that are around him. So if I back that up just a moment to the phone call, um, when she first was trying to come to see me, I asked her right away if there was a problem with eyes and um, that what I was experiencing from my end in the kitchen in our house was uh, one dry eye and one runny eye. Hmm. So I had one eye that was just pouring um, and almost like, like um, if you have allergies and yep. somebody might, somebody even in listening to this might say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that I have allergies. And I might say, good for you. That's not this. <laughs> That's not what's going on. <laughs> but at least you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if somebody has dry eye, they can understand what that's like. And dry eye, by far, is the worst. It's far worse than the runny eye. Um, because there's pain. There's all kinds of things that come with that where you, your mind, um, I'll say, puts you into a sense of anxiety. Mm -hmm. The runny eye you can kind of cope with in that, yes, it's bothersome to keep wiping it or to use Kleenex or a cloth, but the dry eye by far is incomparable to the discomfort. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that you describe those two things because you said, you know, sometimes it's a combination of things that you experience at the same time and that's just two examples. And I think it's also important that it's explained because a lot of people would look at someone who sees life you know, experiences it through autism and doesn't feel like they can relate to them and might make the comment, I can't imagine what they go through. And maybe because they don't put an effort into thinking that we experience the same things. And I've had runny eyes and I know, you know, our best friend Amanda has very dry eyes. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that to 
I'll say relatively normal functioning human beings experience that is comparable where I can feel compassion for someone because I can think about what they're going through. And this is where I get a little, um, I don't know, I guess misty eyed is that, um, you can feel connected to them because I can tell you when my eyes running and I can tell you when my eyes hurt when they're sore, but perhaps someone with severe autism, that spectrum disorder, can't fully communicate what they're experiencing and can't tell you how much discomfort they're in. So he might just scream. Mm-hmm. He might just go, ay, 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 ay. and that can set off someone else's anxiety. Mm-hmm. A brother or sister or the dog starts to howl. I'm not or- knowing what they need. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And just a reminder that I'm standing in my own kitchen. I don't have dry eye. I don't have runny eye. And I've got one eye doing one thing and one eye doing the opposite. Well, a young person who's not related to me, I don't know, I've never met, this Mm -hmm. is a complete stranger, is experiencing this in a house in in another part of the city um, from me. So anyway, so he came over with his mom. And um, we went through a little process to see if energy healing could help him. And um, I said to his mom, I get that the dry eye is, is a result of medication. Can I back up? Mm-hmm. I would like to ask a question because I don't know if it's going to ruin the story. And this is one of my favorite client stories you've shared with me. Had she already told him who they were going to see? <laughs> that... <laughs> Well, I was called the eye doctor. Okay, thank you. Because this is important. <laughs> yes, right? she so, had to tell him that I'm the eye doctor because he wanted to see an eye doctor and I'm not an eye doctor. And they had been. So this is another important He's, part of the story. He yes. had been to see an optometrist. Oh, he'd been to several specialists beyond a, an optometrist. Right. Um, so he, at this point, thinks, I'm going to see another eye doctor. Yes. And I said to her... Um, I get that the that the eye issue has to do with medication. And she said, that's correct. And I said, don't tell me anything else. I said, because I want to make sure the information I'm getting from his spirit is accurate. Um, I said, I'm also being told that he has seizures. And um, that part of what like the sequence of events that occurred for him is that he has seizures. So they gave him anti-seizure medication, and a result of the anti-seizure medication is dry eye. And she said that's all accurate. None of this is something I've read or I'm familiar with mm-hmm. in my experiences in my life so far for 55 years. Oh, there she yeah, is. I got it in there. <laughs> yeah, so Karen's not an eye doctor. This is almost like, where's Waldo? Yeah. <laughs> It's the morning drinking game. Yes. When's Karen going to say 55 years old? That's when I'll take my first sip, sip of coffee. coffee. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, my God. Okay. So um, so anyway, so with these affirmations, um, I can build, build some confidence in, in myself that I have a good connection with him, which mm-hmm. is really important to me. I want to feel connected to every single client. Energetically. Yes. Because as much as the person can walk in the room, in the room, and the human um, might think, "Do I have a connection with her or not?" This is important. Maybe it isn't. I don't believe in it. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. What matters to me is if I can connect with the soul. If I've got a good soul connection, I'm humming. Mm-hmm. That vibration is just taken off, because that is what energy healing is. It's vibrational. So okay. So he stayed for that session. 
then but he wasn't happy no he wasn't happy at all he said that you weren't a real eye doctor and he didn't want to stay that's right um he what he was not except that he did manage to lay down he did manage to be calm for a while his we did get some work done I was able to get some energy work done and I called you Dr. Sarlo for the day (laughs) you're welcome an honorary PhD (laughs) in nothing (laughs) okay I'll take it. An energetic eye stuff. Oh, I just love it. That you know what? I would take a PhD in shit. <laughs> if that's it, that's good for me. Cool. Okay, or a PhD in um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so then he laughed. He and his mom laughed, and then um, I pr- we promised to stay in touch, and we made a promise. Um, I asked for permission to do energy healing in the dream world. So I asked if I could dream walk as a as a shaman uh, for seven nights. Can I ask you a question? Just, yes. just from a, a listener's perspective, mm-hmm. making the assumption that maybe they've never listened before. Oh, okay. Because um, you're talking about having a client with autism. Yes. So when you're volunteering and asking to do energy healing in the dream world, are you asking his mom? For consent or are you asking the son for consent i'm asking all of that and i'm also saying that what's most important is is that i'm setting an intention to helping to heal that i cannot guarantee anything this is an intention mm-hmm. this is this is where i put my energy and i put my effort and somebody might say when you go to sleep you can't put your energy and your effort anywhere and i would say that's bullshit because many people can um, dream walk, many people can control their dreams and are aware of what's going on in their dreams, can wake themselves up and can control dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's lucid dreaming. So, um, so there's that. Yep. So I asked the mom, because I'm communicating with a human being, mm-hmm. and that I want the mom to feel that I am asking for consent, that I am setting an intention that I that he is of an age where asking for that is appropriate Mm -hmm. and telling him the same thing and letting him know that I'm asking him as a human as well. And what is his extent of verbal abilities? He he speaks. Okay. Um, He does understand. He can repeat. He doesn't speak in full sentences. And quite often there's a disconnect between thoughts and what he says. Okay. And somebody might say, well, how would you know that? Well, we know that. Um, the teachers know that mm-hmm. his friends know it, his family knows it, because when you live with them, you know it. I know it because I hear people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so now he's, he's left. He's gone for the day. He's gone to school. My next client arrives. She comes into the room. It's a female, middle-aged, I'll say, sits down and gives consent and then tells me she wants medium. And but doesn't say who she wants. And I said, okay. I said, well, I said, there are piles of people on my deck. There are loads of dead people. And I said, so I've got a mom and a dad that are standing together. Is that correct? Yes. I said, I have your sister, Cindy. Do you have a sister named Cindy? Yes. I said, I have Aunt Pat. Because I saw a woman standing, (laughs) waving her arms at me going, I just died. (laughs) I'm new here. I'm new. I'm Aunt Pat. And I'm like, Oh, that's lovely. Nice to meet you, Aunt Pat. So she's obviously giving you consent to share names. What? <laughs> Sorry? The client? 
Oh, the client. I thought you meant Aunt Pat. No, no. You always check in with the Kelly, client. Sorry. I thought you meant all the dead people. No. Okay. That's why I went blank faced. Say what like, now? Say, who, 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 who gave me what permission? Just, just checking because you usually refer to everyone as Mary. So you, the client has actually given you consent to list the names of her loved ones. Well, she's given consent at the beginning of the session. Yes. Okay. So what you mean? No, for this podcast. Oh, right. To air. Oh, yes, yes. With valid names. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, no, not with valid names. I make them up. Okay. No, I want to make them up because I don't want anybody to call me and say that's my story. Okay. Oh, that was and, my Aunt Pat, too. Yeah, okay. Because, okay. because even when people give consent, I, we still often change names. Okay. Because it might be that their family members are listening to it and they might not appreciate that it's up. But there is still written consent in files. Awesome. Okay. So anyway, so Aunt Pat's standing on the deck and she's like, I'm just, you just got over here. <laughs> I said, well, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. And um, so I said to the client, uh, we'll call her Mary. And I said, Mary, I said, we have your sister, Cindy, your mom and your dad and your Aunt Pat. And she goes, I'm here for Aunt Pat. She goes, she just passed a week ago, and I want to see if she's okay. Could you please let me know if Aunt Pat's okay? And I said, well, there are a lot of other people. I said, you've got aunts and uncles. And she said, yeah. And I said, other, you've got grandparents, four of them. And she goes, yep. So I said, well, we're just going to put them in groups on the deck. And if you want to go to a group, we'll go to the group. So that was good. And then I said, um, they say that you love birds. And she said, I do, Karen. And I said, well, they're going to show up as birds in the backyard for you. And she goes, what? And I said, well, they, they're going to actually be real life birds. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel nervous. <laughs> Don't. This is such a good story. Oh, okay. So she says, uh, so I said, well, let's see how this goes. Because I'm thinking, what the hell? I have to have birds appear in my backyard now. <laughs> Like, here I am talking to dead people. You better be on time, birds. <laughs> yes. Don't you show up an hour late. Yeah. <laughs> I have to text her videos of birds. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I'm thinking, oh my God, I hope all these birds show up for her. And that I get them in the right order. There's yeah. a lot of stress in this. <laughs> Sip of coffee. <laughs> yeah. So um, I said, your mom wants to come through first. And she goes, uh, after Aunt Pat. And she goes, we'll start with Aunt Pat. So Aunt Pat comes through and she identifies herself. And she says that she is a blue jay. And oh, my God, Kelly, we got a blue jay. So we jump up, we run to the window. If anybody's been here, they know I have floor to ceiling windows. This is a very interactive session. Oh, yes, we were busy. We jumped up, we we're standing at the window. And she's she looks at me and she goes, this is freaking weird. So I said, okay, cool. Nah, yeah. Neat. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, that's fine. I notice her word is weird. That's okay. So we sit back down and Aunt Pat gives her affirmations and starts talking to her about her life and everything and also about Pat's life and that she, I think she had leukemia and, and she, she gave, you know, her affirmations and then left. And then Cindy says, I would like to come through and I want to be a Robin. And I said, okay. So I said, Cindy's coming as a Robin. About five to 10 minutes later, as we're talking to Cindy, the robin shows up on the picnic or on the uh, table yep. in the backyard. And um, the robin's just standing there. And we jump up, we run over to the window, and she's excited to see Cindy. And it's like, Karen, that's two out of two. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now she's, it's not just weird, it's getting a little cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so then we talked to Cindy, and Cindy left. And I think Cindy's was breast cancer. And then we went to, um, I can't remember who else came in. 
her her mom yes her mom and her mom stayed for quite a while and wanted to talk and her mom wanted to be a grackle and that's a black bird with a blue head and of course if anybody knows grackles they know they never show up alone that they go in flocks and sure enough we had about 30 black grackles hmm. all over the backyard and they fly into the trees they Where fly was I they you were gone for the day okay that was your other job right <laughs> so um, they're all over the backyard in the trees and she's like now there's a pile of birds in the backyard and she looks at me big smile on her face mm-hmm. and she looks at me and she goes this is really cool so we went from weird <laughs> to kind of cool to really cool yes and I said okay and again I you know I'm just observing that because this is my normal day this is I know it's not normal for her but the, if she went for a walk with me or you she'd know how the butterflies land on us and all this stuff so Anyway, the grackles left. And I said, okay, so now your dad's next. And she says, I fucking hate my dad. And I'm like, oh. So I just waited. And I I pause at that time. Because she has to feel what she feels. And the language, the emotion that comes with it, it just has to be felt. That's Mm -hmm. part of the healing. Yeah, so it's subtle. Yes. And she has to know that she's not being judged. She's not being told anything like you should forgive, you should move on, you should let go. She's not being told anything that none of that is my responsibility. We're here to heal. Mm -hmm. And so I just left it quiet and I waited. And while I'm waiting, I'm listening to her dad talk. So I got things to do. Mm-hmm. so she's she's processing her emotions and I'm feeling it and I'm staying in tune with what she's feeling as an empath but I'm listening to her dad chat and her dad says yes she she hated me and and she has every right to don't take it away don't shame her by making her feel that she should move on let her feel it she has every right to hate me and I'm and he says and I am so sorry and he says but I can't apologize until she feels it, and then I can say something. And Karen, I may never get to say it today. Mm. It's okay. I know I have to wait, and that is that is on me now to wait until my daughter's ready. I love it. And I know there's I know it's not there's our a job. Mo- yes, it's not our job to love or dislike a message, but you can draw your own parallels, and you can learn just so much from one client sitting in front of you who is given the space to just process both of them I you know Kelly I can say to you in that moment I fell in love with Karen Sarlo so deeply so passionately so beautifully because she was giving a human her time Mm -hmm. and she was giving the spirit world their time yeah and that in my own reality as the human that's connecting those two different dimensions that I don't feel stress Mm-hmm. that I don't feel my own sense of panic. And I know people hear when I do, yeah. and I can be honest and admit it. But in that moment, I did not. In spite of how stressful the message itself is. Yes. Yeah. So okay. so she says to me, I hate my father. I wished him dead. She says, and if he were alive, I would wish him dead again and again and again. And I'm like, okay. So he says to me, I'm going to be... Um, a little chickadee. I, I'm going to be black, white, and gray. I'm going to be a bird, and I'm going to come right up to the window so there's no doubt. And I'm like, holy shit, right up to the window? 
And I'm thinking, how? Yeah, because we don't have feeders. We don't have no. plants. We don't have benches against the window. Like, Nothing. it's just window to deck. Yeah, like, I don't have bird feeders in my whole yard. I'm not this person who's trying to pull all the birds in so I can show off to people I can call on birds. <laughs> like, I don't make any effort here. Yeah. <laughs> Human. In that regard, like, I don't set it up. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't lay out bear food and then say I'm going to bring in bears. I thank you for that. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So... Anyway, he says, I'm going to come right up to the window. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to be interesting because we keep running to the window. So she says to me within seconds of her saying that she wishes her dad dead. And even if he were alive again, she'd still wish him dead again. If this finch show or chickadee shows up at the window and comes right to the window. Well, in fashion, Karen and the client, Mary, jump up and run to the window because here's our little chickadee. And we're standing there looking at the chippity, chickadee and he's fluttering right like within inches, six inches of us mm-hmm. on the outside of the window. And it's like, it's almost like the two of us are pressing our noses up against the window because it's like, can you really believe that? Like, it's just incredible. Yeah. And this chickadee smashes straight into the window, drops on the deck and dies. Okay. And I, I, I'm kind of looking at the chickadee like, are you going to get up? (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Like, are you going to get up and fly? Like, are you just stunned? Yeah. Like, like, what's happening? She wished you dead. Like, how's she going to respond? I'm supposed to be an energy healer. I'm not supposed to be killing things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, Karen, that was your ego. Calm down. And I side glance, look at her, like I'm looking, and part of me is like nervous laughter, and part of me is like horrified that Mm -hmm. this little bird died. And I look over and I'm thinking, if she laughs, I'm going to feel comfortable enough to laugh because this is just weird. (laughs) Well, you and I very much have always specified that there's a ha-ha kind of laugh and a what the fuck kind of laugh. Oh, this was a what the fuck kind of (laughs) laugh for sure. (laughs) Because I don't wish for a bird to be dead. No. But... I turn and I look at her sideways. My eyes are bugging out of my head. Like, are you laughing? Are you going to cry? Are you angry? What's happening? She bursts out laughing. Yeah. And she goes, for some reason, Karen, she says, I needed that. She goes, I needed to know that even if he were alive again, he'd still be dead. She goes, I feel free. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, then let's thank the spirit of the little bird that that gave you this. Yeah. And let's let's go on. Can you pause? Yes. Because I think some people will skip over that. Okay. And and maybe for a lot of different reasons, because there are big, big animal lovers who may be horrified by this. Oh. Um, but I, I think it's important to illustrate that yeah. you took time and explained to your human client yeah. that you were going to thank the spirit of the oh, bird yeah. who gave this to her. Yes. There was no ha-ha laughter at a bird in no, this. No, not at all. There was gratitude that this soul came through to help a human yeah. process her own emotions yeah. and to make her feel safe. Yes. To give that back to her for the rest of her life. Yeah. And I think it just sheds a whole, a whole big, beautiful new kind of light on the purpose of a life. Oh, I love that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, this client leaves happy yes healed in some aspect yep 
And because we, we all know that there are so many aspects of healing. Mm -hmm. And um, so she moves on with something today, with th that day. The phone rings and mom um, calls me who had showed up earlier, excuse me, in the day with her son. And she says that her son has had a terrible day. He went to school. The school called. She had to go pick him up. Um, he was creating a disturbance. And could she please come and see me alone? So she comes at the end of the day by herself. And I said, absolutely, you may. So she came. We sat in the living room this time. And we were just having a chat together. And she says, I need to explain to you what happened at school. And I said, okay, go right ahead. And I will sit and listen. So she explained to me that he went to school and he became agitated and he kept saying to the teacher, uh, bird died, bird died, bird died. And um, daddy dead, daddy dead. And so the teacher says, no, the bird did not die and your dad is not dead. He's at work. And he says, stupid brain, stupid brain. And so the teacher thinks that's ignorant and rude. And so he is sent to the office with his worker and mom's called so that he has to be taken home. And um, mom brings him home and he's trying to explain to her, bird died, bird died, daddy dead, daddy dead. And so she doesn't understand. So she hops on the phone and calls me and says, can she come over? Because, I'm so mad. Because she doesn't understand any of this. And I said, oh, I so need to tell you. <laughs> and the teacher didn't even ask a single question, just deemed this agitated and disruptive. Yes. And to my knowledge, Kelly, to my knowledge, because I'm not there. I'll breathe. Yes. But and, and also there may be history like there may be like yeah. there might be teachers listening to that and saying, I can understand. I feel for that teacher. Okay. Um, and because there's like, I'm not, I don't want to point fingers at anybody in the process. I just think that this story is told over and over again, whether it's an autistic child who, or young adult or coworker, just as much as it can be other people where when we don't ask the right questions, we don't understand something, right? We make assumptions and we respond. And I think that's human. That's human on on levels for everybody. Mm -hmm. A parent can say that when two kids are fighting, mm -hmm. that they just react and that they don't ask the right questions, so they punish both kids. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with without getting all of the information, right? Mm -hmm. Partners can say the same thing. So, um, so I went on to explain to her uh, of the client that came right after her, where, and you, as everyone has now heard, where her dad died, and that. The bird died and that what her son was con trying to convey was what happened in the treatment room. And she says to me, what time? What time? And I said, oh, the, I can tell you what time the client came just a second. So I got up and I checked my appointment book, no, you know, keeping confidentiality, not saying the name of any client to another person. Mary. Yes. <laughs> that's all everybody's going to get out of me is Mary and John. Although, as you know, for the, the, the yeah. um, purpose of telling podcast stories, we make up all kinds of names. Um, but just meaning that that confidentiality is there. And I said, oh, this occurred at 2.15 today, between 2.15 and 2.30, uh, like in that area. And she says, that's when I got the call from the school. Mm -hmm. So she's able to connect then, but also because of the time that it occurred, that her son had picked up what was happening here. And somebody might say that's a stretch. I don't give a shit what people say or think. 
I'm telling the story so people can think what they want. And for anybody that chooses to see the beauty in that, or the connectivity in that between the bird and the dad and the daughter and a child at a school and a parent and a teacher and an energy healer. I just think it's just such the coolest little web. Yeah. Okay. That's there, it. Okay. I, I love that story. I do too. I like there's so many different aspects of that, of how each of us is so connected. Mm -hmm. And that if you have people, whether they're opened or closed, you hear some of them are closed, you hear some of them are open. So you hear, you know, the daughter is somewhat open, somewhat closed. Mary, mm -hmm. she's open to hearing from Aunt Pat and Cindy and mom, but not dad. Until until a bird hits the window. Mm -hmm. And she's okay with it being the bird. Mm -hmm. It's safe. Yes. Uh, and I think how the mom who is probably dealing with a lot of problematic behaviors. Uh, and by that, I just mean where, you know, you become a heavy caretaker for a mm -hmm. long time because of circumstance. And it is very, it's a very inconvenient life. Um, and, and, you know, anyone can argue that and want to get super defensive of it, but it, it is because it's exhausting. Um, no matter how much you love someone and she gets to see his gifts mm -hmm. in spite of all the eye doctor stuff, in spite of all of the, the hard things that make him agitated and, you know, want to scream when he can't express himself. She gets to hear that he's sitting at school and he's tuned into the energy session that happened uh, at that same time. Yeah. That is multidimensional. That is so spiritual. Um, and how much more you can fall in love with your own kid or another soul, depending on what the relationship is, to just to love them that much more. I remember her face. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, you telling me Yeah, that. I remember just sitting there when I was able to share with her the story of Mary and the bird hitting the window and the bird dying and it being representative of her dad and the spirit of her dad and that what her dad was trying to do in conjunction with the spirit of the bird to be able to heal his daughter. He was willing to die. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that back up because the first time you told me that story, I laughed um, from a, a place of, of thinking that's perfect mm -hmm. from an energetic standpoint of what a perfect completion um, of uh, that was necessary to heal. And when I hear it today, I don't I don't so much want to laugh as I mm -hmm. as I just want to be thankful. I think very much the way that you said, let's thank that chickadee for its life. Um Oh, I just, I love it in, uh, from so many different angles. Well, I think it's really important that people heard we laughed and that some people might think that was totally inappropriate. And I want to remind people that laughter and the way that we express emotions can be inappropriate. People mm -hmm. can go to funerals and laugh. Yeah, absolutely. We can find out somebody has cancer and laugh. And it's not really that we mean to laugh. It's an expression of emotion and the brain gets crisscrossed mm -hmm. and that that is a human situation and it doesn't always sometimes like it doesn't always mean that we're being insensitive right or that we're being mean it's a response it's a release yeah I think that's the key word is release and and it's a part of a process in release because you might laugh first and then be horrified and cry and then yes I think I all another place that my laughter came from was a lot of joy 
because I think when, when we hear that a human, you know, Mary's sitting there saying, I fucking hate my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think about the, the father that is, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side. And I think we have a tendency to still see those souls as humans. And maybe we want to make him out to be an evil person as to why she would hate him so much. Right. Um, and in this scenario, you can see a father trying to be patient, understanding the feelings that he has created in another person. And what a beautiful offering. I won't say sacrifice because I don't think that's the right word. But what a beautiful offering of love he gave to her. Um by wanting to respect her boundaries where he didn't necessarily, you know, she didn't want to hear from him. So there wasn't a message um, verbally, but an act of you wished me dead and I can give that to you. Mm -hmm. I can give you that feeling of safety. And I just, I don't know, on so many levels, I think that's really beautiful. Well, he's finally able to be in a space where he can give her something. What she needs. Yes. And I think that was part of what was trying to be said and where the release was was that as a human being, he was never capable, never knew how, couldn't get himself into a place outside of his ego mm-hmm. where he could actually meet his own, his daughter's needs, even yeah. on the most basic level of any, of in, in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so when you said that, he, you know, this chickadee flew right into the window and died, I thought, what a great act of love. Yes. From from a father who maybe couldn't love. Well, and I think that's part of the energy of why we burst out laughing. There was there was a feeling when it hit the window of being free. Yeah. It's like as he smashed into the window and smashing right into her cuz it looked like it hit her right in the face. Hmm. Like it's sma- not it didn't hit me. It it's like he, he was trying to fly straight through her. Mhm right into her face, right into her forehead. And I think it was like, I don't know if, if you see energy, it would be like where you could see an explosion of the bird's energy going right through the window, through her head and right out the other side of her so that she could find, it could finally release all of the anger, all of the hurt, all of the pain. Mm-hmm. So for her to burst out in laughter was like a bursting out in finally into joy mm-hmm. where the pain had somewhere to go outside of me. Cool. And I think that's something we all want in some way mm-hmm. was something that causes us pain. Whether it's a physical one, a cancer, um, a nerve pain, an emotional pain, anything. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh. I know you've been yeah. sitting on that story for a little bit. We haven't mm-hmm. you know, sat down to record. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me. Uh, I was um, excited to do this one because um, when, it, when it's occurring for me and just being in the moment, you're just absorbing it in the moment. Yeah. And when I came out of the come out of a session and in that particular one where we got to talk about it afterwards and she was willing to share it, that I'm allowed to say it to you and then I'm allowed to do a podcast on it. Um, I want to keep it as authentic as I possibly can by only changing the names, but by allowing people to kind of come into the treatment room and experience something Mm -hmm. so that if they're never able to make an appointment for themselves for any number of reasons, whether it's financial or I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter that if they're able to hear these podcasts and they're still able to feel like they're part of some of these treatments where they're going to say, I can't do it 
for myself, but I'm going to get some of the healing by listening to the shows Mm -hmm. that I, that I hope people can do that. Get your journals out. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean that, write it down because we think we're going to remember that feeling forever or we think we're going to remember exactly the, you know, that poetic um, revelation that we have and we don't. Mm-hmm. And those feelings of anxiety or those those feelings of, I don't know, messiness, mm-hmm. they come back. And I think those those journal entries uh, can bring you back to that time of mm-hmm. what you felt mm-hmm. in that place. Uh, like I was so grateful to that client that she was able to say, I wish him dead. And if he were alive, I'd wish him dead again. And because of the honesty. Mm-hmm. like that in and of itself is part of the healing. Yeah. And I think, and you know, maybe it's an assumption, but so many of us have that person in our, in our life where we do, we feel that way. We make those wishes and we feel guilty for it. Um, but it's there and it, it is human. Mm-hmm. It can be a guilty pleasure. And I know people f- use that term guilty pleasure in different ways. Like a guilty pleasure could be your chocolate or your yeah. alcohol or your sucks or I don't know there's different kinds of guilty pleasures bad music shopping yeah whatever there's still guilty pleasures but I think some of our guilty pleasures can be pretty hard to feel when you want when you wish your own parent dead Mm -hmm. and I know there are lots of people that wish their parents are dead I wished my grandfather dead yes for you know probably two decades yes and sometimes wishing that is because of your own pain and sometimes we wish them dead because they're in pain. Yeah. So it can be like, I wish my grandpa dead because he has Alzheimer's or he's in a nursing home and there's very little quality. He sleeps 23 hours a day. Yeah, you wish that same freedom that the bird had. Yeah. Bingo. And you know what? I, I know you and I experience this over and over again for a multitude of reasons, uh, but especially when we're on the highway and we see roadkill. Oh, yeah. And I know that we have looked at them and been like, oh, lucky bastard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I say that every time I drive by them. Yeah. What What did you have to do to get there? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, they they finally have a relief. They oh, yeah. They have this release because no matter, you know, what kind of, you know, even though they're an animal, they still have a physical form mm-hmm. that is um, limiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of, of when you say you see a deceased animal on the side of the highway that we wish them well. We wish them love in yeah. their new experience of, of ener- being an energy again. And that it, it's a, a joy for them. Yeah. And we, I, sorry. Go ahead. Beth. I'm also thinking, and anyone anyone who's even remotely close to you or I will know this, um, I've wished every spider in my, you know, a very close and far radius from me dead. And <laughs> when I have to do it myself or a bug or whatever, I, before I, you know, send them into oblivion, I will say, good luck in your next life. Yeah. And I'll kill them. Yeah. Uh, because it's. You do. You want. You just want them to enjoy the continuum. Yep. Okay. That's it for today. I'm. I'm hoping there are so many questions from this podcast, um, or so many fun comments. Uh, and if there are, we welcome all of you to email us at info at uh, Otherwise, we will hear from you guys next Saturday. <laughs>